Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 18. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Did God the Father say, Adam, where are you? Like, Adam, where are you? Where you at, man? What's up with you? Where you at? Did he say it like that? Or did he say, Adam, where are you? Like, Adam, he didn't say it like, Adam, where are you? Like, Adam, I don't know where you are. Come from behind that bush. He didn't say, Adam, like, I didn't know where you are. He's saying, Adam, where are you? In other words, Adam, I want you to look at where you are. Adam, you're not where you're supposed to be near me. Adam, where are you? The tone here when he says to Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Did he say, are you the king of the Jews? Are you the king of the Jews? Answer me. Or did he say, are you the king of the Jews? I think he said, are you the king of the Jews? Because I don't think that Pilate had any beef with Jesus at all. A king, listen, in those days meant a threat or a revolutionary. Pilate looked at Jesus, and Jesus didn't look like a threat or a revolutionary or a criminal. You know, I'm always joking about how Hollyweird makes Jesus look in their movies. Like, he's always, like... um, Whenever they show Jesus, he's got long, wavy, blonde hair. Um, you know, they have a blue, they have like a light on his eyes. Always there's a light on Jesus' eyes, and they're always really blue. And um, everywhere he goes, he travels in stereo. <laughs> if you notice that, everywhere, like, that's how Hollywood paints him. Like, everywhere Jesus goes, there's always this, you know, Like everywhere he goes, he goes in stereo or something like that. And, you know, I'm always joking about that. And, and, and I, I just don't believe that. I think Jesus, honestly, was a regular guy. And, and he looked like one of us. If he was in this room, you probably wouldn't be able to identify him. Although I do think that there was something about Jesus that if you were in his presence, you would know that there was something otherly about him. And I use that word otherly for those of you who don't know the Lord. That, that maybe you don't know the Lord. So I use the word otherly. But for the Christians, as I'm talking to the Christians, you would know that you were in the presence of God himself if you were in the room with Jesus. If you looked in, I don't think it's possible to look at Jesus in the eyes of believer and not see God. Remember last week, they're bringing Jesus 
out of the praetorium. He's beaten and bloodied, and they're bringing him out of the praetorium. And Peter happened to be walking by at the same time. And when Peter passed this way and Jesus passed that way, their eyes met. And, and Peter, that hurt worse. Because I believe that Peter could see in his eyes the love that Jesus still had for Peter, even though Peter betrayed him, even though Peter was a problem. Peter was always getting into stuff, cutting off ears and carrying on. Jesus probably said, Peter, you do one more thing and that's it. You cut off one more ear, man, and that's it. You're going to be an ex-disciple. I don't even know if I should have picked you in the first place. But there's something special about Jesus. There was something otherly. And I don't believe that Pilate could be sitting there watching, talking to Jesus and not know that this man is special. You got to understand that that Pilate has been in the presence of royalty before and regalia. He knows what that is. He's been in, in the presence of those kinds of people before, but not like this man. Pilate felt that there was something royal and majestic about this guy. And Pilate said, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, Pilate, is this something that is a conviction of your heart? Or did somebody else tell you this? Are you believing the propaganda? Pilate, is this something you feel in your own heart? Or are you repeating what you heard? Pilate, listen to your heart and listen to me, y'all. I really believe that this is Jesus' one last ditch effort to reach out to Pilate because one thing God came to do is to save souls and he wished that no man go to hell. I wish two Christians would say amen right there. I wish just just two, just two, just two, just two, tough crowd, just two. He came to save, save souls. And he's reaching out to Pilate. I even think right here, Jesus is still reaching out to Pilate. Pilate, is this something that you came up with? Or is this something that you just believe in because you heard about it? You heard, you believe in the propaganda. Pilate, is this in your heart? Listen to your heart. Pilate said in verse 35, go ahead and look at verse 35. Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you. What have you done? What have they delivered you? Why have they delivered you? Listen, Pilate is saying, Jesus, Rome has no issue with you. You know, I heard people say that the Romans killed Jesus for political reasons. You know that's not true. Pilate is saying, Jesus, Rome isn't accusing you of anything. Jesus, this whole thing is Jewish. Jesus, this whole thing is religious. Look at verse 36. Jesus doesn't answer the question. He starts talking about his king. Do y'all see that? Am I reading no, am I only one reading this here? Look at this. Jesus said, Notice Pilate said, What have you done? What have you done? Jesus answered, He didn't even answer him. You see it in verse 36? He said, My kingdom. He starts talking about his kingdom. Now, he says my kingdom three times in this one verse to stress my kingdom as opposed to everybody else's kingdom. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, his servants would fight for it. There are a lot of earthly kings. Jesus says, I'm not one of them. In an earthly kingdom, the subjects appoint the king. In Jesus' kingdom, he appoints the subjects. 
Look at verse 37. Pilate said, are you the king then? Jesus said, you said it right. I'm a king, and this is the reason I came in the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Pilate said to Jesus, what is truth? He'd heard all the Greek philosophers. He'd heard all the religious discussion about truth, and now he's staring at the truth and looking at it. Jesus came into the world because men needed to know the truth. Can I get two saints to say amen? Amen. Men needed to know the truth. That's why he came. Jesus said, I am the way. Y'all come on, help me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Pilate asked, what is truth? Jesus said, me. I'm the truth. Earlier in John, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. And what, saints? And the truth shall you free. Question. Free from what? Free from searching for truth. Because Jesus is truth. He came in the world to bear witness to the truth. What truth? The truth about God. The truth about men. The truth about sin. The truth about judgment. The truth about love. The truth about holiness. The truth about life. The truth about death. The truth about everything. When you know Jesus, you know truth. Because Jesus came to reveal truth. Come on, clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? To reveal and proclaim the truth, Jesus, Pilate said to Jesus, are you the king? Jesus said, Pilate, you said it right, I am. And I came into the world to give everybody a chance and a choice. Jesus said, Pilate, I'm giving everybody equal opportunity to choose me or choose to reject me. Choose life or choose death. Jesus said, that's why I came. I came to reveal truth. And I'm thinking about this yesterday in my office. Listen, what a missed opportunity for Pilate. Don't y'all get this? The man is sitting there talking to God. He's talking to God. What a missed opportunity. He could have said to him, what do you mean you came in the world? What do you mean your kingdom is not of this world? What do you mean when you say people who are of the truth can hear you? Think about the opportunity he had to ask God questions. He goes out and says, I can't find any fault in this man. And then in verse 39 through 40, there was a custom, listen, to commemorate the Jews released from Egyptian bondage that the Romans would release one prisoner. That's why they did it. Because of the custom. And Pilate says, you have a custom to release someone at the Passover. Don't you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? And doesn't that sound like Pilate is trying to get them to agree to release Jesus? In other words, surely you want me to release the one you see as their king. I mean, as your king, just, I mean, just a few days ago, think about it, guys, just a few days ago, you were lying in the streets and, and waving palm branches and taking off your jackets and throwing them in the street and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Don't you want to release your king? Pilate says, don't, you don't want to convict Jesus. You want to release your king. I don't find any fault with him. You shouldn't find any fault with him. And notice in verse 40, the people began to cry out, not this man, but Barabbas. I need a DVD. I need a DVD because Pilate is probably doing everything he can to get Jesus released. And then they say, nope, we want Barabbas. Pilate's like, what? Barabbas, what? 
And guess who stirred up the crowd? Guess who stirred up the crowd to chant Barabbas? By the way, this wasn't the people's idea. It was the chief priests and the elders who went among the people. They were going in and out among the people and saying, hey, when he says, do you want to release? Because they knew the custom. So when he says, do you want to release a king? You want to release somebody during the Passover? You say Barabbas, say Barabbas. All the chief priests going in and out, all throughout the crowd. Say Barabbas, say Barabbas. The mob mentality. Because that's what this is, a mob mentality. If people have a mob mentality, you want to get away from them. Because people be doing stuff, turning over cars, burning up buildings and flipping cars and all kinds of stuff. And you'll be like, why are we doing this? I don't know. We're just doing it. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you got to avoid that mob mentality. Barabbas or Jesus, the religious leaders are stirring up the people. One week, and you got to keep this in mind. I don't want you to forget this. One week, they loved Jesus. This was just six days ago that they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And now they're saying, crucify him. What does that tell us? People are fickle. People are fickle. One week, they love you, and the next week, they hate you. That's why I always tell you, and I've told you a thousand times, I do not let people put me up on no pedestal. People do it all the time. Oh, Pastor Rodney, Pastor Rodney, oh, Pastor Rodney, you are so good. And I go, yeah, yeah, that's great, that's great. You know what I do not do? I do not let people gas me up. Y'all say amen. I do not do that because I know and give it just a year, maybe less. They'll be like, Pastor Ryan, the worst pastor in the world. Or they blow me up on Facebook or send me an email or something like that. I call them uh, uh, keyboard bullies. <laughs> You're a keyboard bully. You won't tell me to my face. You'll send me an email. I can't stand you. Your sermons are. <laughs> and what bothers me, what bothers me, listen, don't tell nobody, okay? <laughs> What bothers me is I can't, I can't do nothing about it. People can blow me up. Bobby, they can say whatever they want to say to me. They can blow me up. They can, you know, tell me whatever. Somebody, just last week, I just preached a sermon. I thought it was a decent sermon. And, and I, I left feeling pretty okay about it. I went and opened up my Facebook and this one, who you think you are? I sent her back, bless you. But I, sometimes I just like, I can't do nothing about it. And that, that's what bothers me. Because you know why? Because I'm from Philly. And, and, and y'all, come on now, y'all. Let me, can I keep 100 with y'all? All right. Did y'all come to church to hear me talk sweet? Because y'all came to the wrong church. Okay. I, I'm from Philly. We don't roll like that. You got something to say, come say it to me. Come knock on my front door. And if I hear, I'll come knock on your front door. But see, I can't do that now because I'm a pastor. And now I got to be nice and people blow me up and I got to be nice. And no matter what I do, I'm going to be wrong. I mean, if I say anything, I'm going to be wrong. If I don't say, you know, I'm going to be wrong no matter what. I could be right as rain. They could be wrong as wrong. But, but I'm, I'm going to be wrong because I represent the church and I'm a pastor and I should know better. But sometime I'm going to tell you all something. Sometime I want to send some people to your house. Because <laughs> let me tell you all something. Let me tell you something. Let me get out the chair for this one. All right. 
Let me tell y'all something right now. I still know some people, all right? And, 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 and they don't cost that much. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's just leave that alone. All right? But you can't say people are fickle. Don't let people gas you up. Don't let people listen. Don't let people gas you up. All four Gospels tell us about Barabbas. This man, Barabbas, by the name, you got to get, by the way, you got a pen? His name means son of the father. Bar, B-A-R, son, Abba. Barabbas, Abba, father. His name means son of the father. In Matthew, it says he was a notorious prisoner. In Mark, it tells us he was a rebel who had committed murder and insurrection. Luke tells us he was thrown in prison for rebellion and murder. John right here tells us that Barabbas was a robber. So what we learn is Barabbas was a notorious murderer who rebelled and robbed people. Not a nice guy. So the people are given a choice, Jesus or Barabbas, the insurrectionist or the resurrectionist, the man who takes life or the man who gives life, the man of blood and war or Jesus, who is a prince of peace. Matthew chapter 27, Pilate is sitting on his judgment seat. His wife comes out and says, honey, have nothing to do with this just man because I had a dream. And at this point, Pilate is dumbfounded. He doesn't know what to do. Matthew 27, 22, Pilate said, what shall I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? And the people said, crucify him. Matthew 27, 24 tells us Pilate realized the crowd was getting more angry and he washed his hands and he said, I am innocent of the, of the blood of this just man. And get this, shocking. The people said, his blood be on us and on our children. Shocking. And they released Barabbas and they scourged Jesus and they prepared him for crucifixion. Listen, if we can learn anything, we can learn not to follow the majority. Somebody say amen. Don't follow the majority. Let me tell you something. When the majority going this way, Pastor Rodney going that way. All right? Stuff be coming in the church, you know, winds of doctrines coming to church, this, that, and the third coming in the church, you know. Uh, uh, Pastor Ronnie, how come we don't do this? How come we don't do that? Because all the churches are doing this, that, and the other. Because that, you know, no, 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 no. All the churches are doing this. No, well, no, we just sticking to the word of God. Uh-huh. Well, you know, the church is reading this book. All the, all the Christians are reading this book. This book is the number one seller on the Christian yeah, well, I got 66 books as number one seller, and I still ain't got to all these yet. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big book guy. Don't get me wrong. Don't y'all leave here and Facebook me and tell me, hey, you ain't get around with some books. I ain't got no problem with no books. Read all the books you want. Read till your head explodes. I'm just saying, I got 66 books. I can't get my head around these books yet, so I'm not moving on to nothing else. That's all I'm saying. Somebody clap your hands and say, that's all right, Pastor. Do you. Do you. Don't follow the majority. Noah and his family went into the ark, a minority, and they came out the majority. (laughs) You'll get that on the way home. I'm sure you'll be in the car going, hmm. The crowd's not always right. Pilate washed his hands. 
but water can't wash your heart. Pilate's on the right track, and he needs cleansing, but he needs something stronger than water. He needs to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Think about this. I'll wait while you clap your hands. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. The Bible tells us, though your sin be as red as crimson, I shall wash you white as snow. I can't figure that out. How does red blood make clean? Blood's supposed to stain. You're supposed to be able to get blood out. Red blood makes clean. Jesus said, though your sin be as red as crimson, I will wash you white as snow. As far as the east is from the west, so shall your sin be far from me. By the blood of Jesus Christ, I will blot out your transgressions. I'll remove your transgressions, and I'll never remember them. I'll cast them in the sea of forgetfulness and never remember them anymore. You can clean your hands, but you can't clean your heart. Pilate, you need your heart cleansed. And that is going to take the blood of Jesus Christ. And Pilate, I wonder if you missed it. I wonder. I don't know. We'll get to heaven. But I wonder if you missed it. Next time we come together, if a sermon could be rated, I would rate our next sermon as R for extreme and graphic violence. We'll talk about the scourging of Jesus. It wasn't pretty, y'all. It wasn't pretty. I do think that, um, what was the passion for the Christ? I do think that he did the best he could and probably the best I've, I've probably ever seen from a biblical standpoint, just taking like Bible and Bible and movie, Bible and movie, Bible and movie, Bible and scene, Bible and scene. I think he did the best he could but I still don't think that he could really get to um, the scourging of Jesus. It was horrible. It was beyond comprehension. And the reason he did that, for you. And he did that for me. And you, he could have said, look, everybody, every man for himself. Every man for himself. He could have said that. Every man for himself. You know? Uh, you, you want to be saved? Well, you take your own 39 stripes, and then you can go to heaven, which, honestly, that's not a bad deal. You know, 39 stripes, I get to go to heaven, spend eternity in heaven? No, that's not a bad deal. All in all, I mean, this earth, this world is temporary. This life is temporary, all in all. Not a bad deal. But he died that you might live. He died so that you would not have to He died so that you would not have to take the 39 stripes and the punishment and absorb the wrath of God and drink the cup of suffering. We talked about that last week, week before. The cup, what does that mean? The cup foaming with the wrath of God. He took that cup upon himself, and that's why he said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will be done, not, not my will, but thy will be done. The cup of suffering, he took that cup 
of God's wrath upon himself that you would not have to. And you would be crazy not to give your life to Jesus and turn your heart over to him. For one man, for God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for you when you were a sinner, when you weren't doing He didn't die for you when you were doing all the right stuff. He didn't die for you when you were a good person. He didn't die for you when you were cute and cuddly. He died for you when you were doing all the wrong stuff. But God demonstrated his love toward you, and that while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. You'd be a fool not to give your life to Jesus. A fool. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.